The team at Weight Inclusive Innovators is going to Mexico City and you're invited. There's something magical about getting out of the day-to-day routine. It's even better when you pack your bags, hop on a flight, and land in a new city. From August 20th to 25th, join us as we settle into our apartments in the neighborhood of La Condesa, visit all the local coffee shops that Mexico City has to offer, and dedicate time to work on our businesses. This means a whole work week to brainstorm your business's future, set goals for the next year, and get caught up on all those admin tasks that keep getting pushed to the wayside. And you didn't think we'd be all work and no play, did you? Well, our primary goal is to dedicate time to work on the biz and give ourselves space to dream and scheme. We can't go to Mexico City and not experience the vibrant culture that it has to offer. That's why we've planned a night of salsa lessons at Mamba Roomba and a cooking class from local culinary experts. Early bird registration is now open for our Mexico City trip. Spots are limited and you do not want to miss out on this amazing opportunity. Come hang out with us, work on your Spanish, and work on your business in person in Morgan's favorite city. Head on over to weightinclusiveinnovators.com slash Mexico City 2023 to sign up or click the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians to building a cohesive brand to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it, talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business, the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we're on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Pod. Today, we're going to be chatting about keeping the passion alive in our businesses, which Woo! sounds like we're writing like a rom-com, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this topic came about uh, after Hannah attended the supervisor workshop with Fiona Sutherland and Lisa Pearl a few weeks ago, and she had mentioned during a check-in that it reignited her passion for the work that we do. And so we just want to dive into that a little more. We also uh, used a check-in question this week with the Accountability Club that has like similar vibes, and it just created some really cool conversations and reflections. So we're actually going to use that question to check in today, which is... What about your work feels real, necessary, or important to you? When I saw this question, I was like, oof, damn, why are you trying to like make us feel our feelings and get all visionary big picture first thing on a Monday? But I appreciate a thoughtful question. And I know for me, it feels because I've been in this weird moments in my businesses of like existential stuff. Um, this was a helpful question to, to think about because it, it goes back to like, why are you doing this? So sometimes I'm feeling very existential of like, does anything I do fucking matter? Um, and it's, it's really when I'm either overworked or doing too much or just feeling disconnected from why I'm doing what I'm doing. So when I'm regulated, and I think about my different businesses, which are Nourished, Values Driven Group, and Weight Inclusive Innovators. At Nourished, it really matters to me that we're providing excellent, compassionate nutrition counseling care to folks. And we're doing our best to make nutrition services accessible by taking insurance, by doing reduced fee 
eventually we want to have a scholarship fund. Um, and with value driven group and we, I kind of put them together because it's both business support services. It feels so necessary to help clinicians be able to lean into their businesses and lean into leadership and build something bigger than themselves. Um, because we're not all people that are just going to work in systems. Like there's a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or a lot of people who want to build a smaller place of work for people who aren't entrepreneurs to work and still get a feel of private practice. And so I'm really, you know, the thing that feels real necessary and important to me is creating equitable, wonderful workplaces so that clinicians can have a place to practice where they aren't in these giant bureaucratic systems um, who don't want to be the business owner. And also so that people have skills and support on the flip side to be the business owner if they want to. So it's also helping people be financially successful, career successful, value successful, and bringing all of those things into their business. That's like what quote unquote my why is with being a business coach and being a support in this space. So it's, it's good to name that and write that out and think about that, especially being in this wonky low energy mood when I'm like, "Mm, why do I work? Um, That's why. I love that you named both the, like values mission <clears throat> of the actual work we do, but also pulling in people's personal missions and values and dreams and goals. Because I feel like in this week in particular, I feel, I'm going to say selfish. I'm working on projects in my business that ultimately are going to support me in the lifestyle that I want. And I really haven't put a ton of thought into how this is supporting the greater good. Mm. It's been very like, and I, I I know it is like, I wouldn't be running this business if it wasn't. What about my work feels real necessary or important to me is that I finally feel that I am creating, I'm going to call it a quote unquote passive income stream. It's not passive. I'm working my ass off right now. It will be hopefully one day if I figure out how to put the marketing systems and all of that into place. But getting to just turn inward and do a project specific for what I want to do that's supporting my dream of getting to take time off, live abroad financially support me so I can focus on different parts of the like, different projects that are not necessarily making money yet, but I want them to, that, that part of my work feels really important to me right now. And yes, it is like when I think about my why and the greater good at, at the end of the day, going back to my why, it is about making weight inclusive care more accessible and well-known. And doing that by having the really awesome clinicians in our space have a really solid online presence and be able to be found on Google so they can, uh, whenever someone searches like dietitian near me, therapist near me, that they can see that that's an option, that weight inclusive care Mm. is there. And so like that why will always be there. That's why I'm a designer. That's why I'm doing this work. That's why I'm in this 
industry right now. But I'd be lying if I said my work feels extra important and necessary to me right now solely to support my personal goals. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, sometimes it feels like duh of like, Mm -hmm. of course I care about this cause. And like, that's why I'm doing this. And I, I wonder if it's different kind of mind places we're in in this moment too, because you are very much like are turning inward, you know, um, and focusing on building your businesses, not doing contract work anymore. And so it, it's needing to be fueled by you and your desires just as much as like the cause you're already behind. And for me, I feel like I've been too self-focused and lost some of like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And that's where my reflection on this, I wanted to connect more to that. And so both are valid, both are there. And I think that's normal for every person. You're going to ebb and flow through those things because if you're in a grind, pushing for the mission, you're thinking about how important it is for weight inclusive care to be accessible. But then you're like, oh shit, I'm not taking care of myself. I don't even know what my finances are. Like that's probably a sign to come back to yourself a little bit and refocus on why you're doing this for yourself too. Um, And it's going to flip flop in different phases. Totally. Love that we're both in (laughs) different phases of this too. But I think, you know, the underlying thing is that we got into this work because there is a lot of passion from both of us about weight inclusive care, eating disorder care, And I know from both of us, especially, I mean, we talk every week, there's been consistent shifts of sometimes we are just going through the day-to-day motions because it's the path that we chose. And then there's other times where like, whenever you went to the supervisor workshop that there are things and and like, I can, I can think of this anytime I go to a, an in-person conference, I feel this getting to like reconnect. It's finding things that work for us to reignite this passion into our business to continue to push through. Should we just dive into all of it? Let's dive into today's episode. So I went to this incredible in-person workshop a couple weeks ago with Fiona Sutherland and Lisa Pearl. We'll link it in the show notes to get on their um, newsletter list. Cause I don't know that they have a live page for it or anything yet. It's a, it was a very, um, email centric. Do you want to come to this event situation, which just shows like how much of a need there was and just being able to reach out to people and be like, you should come to this and how successful it was for them. Great entrepreneurs, both of them, a lot of value in that workshop. And also just as an entrepreneur wanting to say, you don't need a whole giant website and to spend all this money doing all of that first, like you can be pretty scrappy and have a successful event. And so anyway, back to the main purpose of of bringing this up. Um, There was probably about 20 to 25 of us in this workshop, this two-day workshop from nine to five in Denver, in person, in this very cute old house for therapists called People House. And it was so fucking lovely to be in a space with people. Um, There was people of different time spent in the field, different locations, all dietitians, and just a really great group of humans. And it just, I've been feeling really disconnected from the work um, for a while now, mostly because, and when I say the work, I mean, like 
eating disorder work, nutrition counseling, because I've had to focus so much on the business. And I also love group practice coaching, consulting. I love doing stuff for weight inclusive innovators. The accountability club, so fucking fun. Like I'm feeling very jazzed by these projects. And so because we only have so much capacity for things that kind of went on the back burner for me of still supporting the cause. Of course, like I have a whole business supporting clinicians, doing the work in Colorado, taking insurance, but because I'm not doing nutrition counseling anymore, it's easy to get a little bit disconnected, even though I really care about the cause. And so because we were in a space with other clinicians who are doing it, people who are supervising, this was a supervision workshop and talking about therapeutic modalities and therapeutic supervision and bringing that into the dietitian space. It made me really appreciate all of the thought leaders, all of the trailblazers, all of the people fucking doing the work and continuing this important cause on. It like made me very excited about it again. And I just love that. I think we we need people, we need in-person stuff and we need people doing this work and staying motivated to do it. And so it made me feel passionate again. And I needed that. And I didn't know I needed that. That was kind of the catalyst for starting this conversation. And at Morgan, I think you had a similar experience recently. Yeah. I, I think anytime that I go to in-person events, like, cause same, like, right. I, I don't see clients anymore. And so sometimes it, I can get a little lost in the sauce of like, why are we doing this? Like just feeling a little disconnected of what are the conversations that are actually happening in the room with like a therapist and a client, dietitian and a client in the eating disorder space? Are there new things that are coming up in session that are that like I need to know about or should be aware of so I can be mindful of that whenever we're talking about online presence? And so, yeah, whenever I was at the WIND conference or the WIND symposium in April, I always just get like reignited of meeting new people and getting to hear what their niche is or what their passion is or things that they've recently read or common themes that they're discussing with their clients and getting to hear things like that feels really inspiring to me. Um, It makes me feel a little more connected to uh, like what's actually happening in our space. For me, it's been an interesting ebb and flow of having a lot of passion in the very beginning of this work. It was one of those instances that I think a lot of people can relate to of you hear about intuitive eating for the first time and you just like dive so far into it. You consume that shit like a dry ass sponge. Yes. Yes. Like reading all the books, listening to all the podcasts, having as many conversations with every single person in your life as possible, introducing them to intuitive eating. And that was very much me, which is pretty on par with about any other thing in my life. Whenever I learn about something cool, I like dive right into it, like a hyper fixation for a little bit. (laughs) And then that it was all consuming completely. It was everything I talked about. All of my friends were eating disorder clinicians. Like there was no escaping it. And so I think that led to burnout 
super fast and getting to the point of, okay, is this literally all I'm going to talk about for the rest of my life? Because I can't do that either. And so it's been, it's like, like a pendulum swing. And I know I've used that example before and maybe not a pendulum swing. Cause I didn't go back to like the non-intuitive eating space, <laughs> but with like the energy around it of, uh, I uh, am going like, all in of eating disorder, intuitive eating, helping clients, being in this, being in this space. And then I don't think I ever allowed myself to pull back enough to do a little bit of self-reflection. And so I feel like it's been like a slow path to like losing that passion. And now I'm having to like inch back towards it again. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it, I think if we're like at the bottom of the pendulum swing, I think going back and forth, like of like pulling yourself back and then moving into a little bit more like excitement, especially if there's a new topic that's being introduced or you learn something new at a conference or you read a new book or listen to a new podcast. Like there is that little bit of ebb and flow, but it's not that like, like fully pulling back yes, uh, and like releasing into that hyperfixation again. Right. And if we think about how a pendulum works, like I'm imagining one of those little wood things that sits mm -hmm. on your desk and there's a yep. metal rod with a ball and it's like, doot, doot, back and forth. The reason why it doesn't always swing is because of gravity and like that not being sustainable. And so it makes sense that eventually we get to more of an equilibrium in the middle where there's a small swing when some kind of force comes upon it. So like a workshop, like a training, like a new concept in the field. Great metaphor. For me, this happened like three years in to being a clinician. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And I, and I, I feel like I've seen that with a lot of clinicians as well. Yes. I feel I was introduced to all of this as a little baby intern in 2016 Mm -hmm. And started consuming all of the things, became a dietitian in 2017. And then, you know, that time leading up to 2023, when I stopped seeing clients mid 2023, not that long ago, like one month ago, is when I hit my point of, I can't do this anymore and do everything else I'm doing well. Um, but I will say that from... 2018 of starting my business. Well, technically started in 2017, but 2018 was when I got my office space. Things started to really take off mm -hmm. from 2018 to 2022. And again, who knows the pandemic influencing things. Totally. And um, that's a big confounding factor where we don't know how we would have felt about all of this. Um, if that hadn't have happened, maybe it would be the same. Maybe it would be different. But about three, three to four years in, you start to get that like, huh, what else is there? My passion's dying a little bit here and trying to find something, something new or something different or to pivot. Um, but that three-year mark is when that feeling kind of starts to, to come up. Um, and then it's when you get to the five-year mark where you're like, fuck, <laughs> and you need something to shift. I will say, when you get to the five-year mark and you haven't already identified that, hey, maybe I need to do something a little different or diversify things a little bit or not put all of my eggs in one basket. 
yeah. And then that five-year mark, you're like, oh, oh boy. Okay. We're here. Yeah. What do we do now? How do, how do we backtrack a little bit? I've arrived to the other side of the pendulum. <laughs> <laughs> but also like, this is also all very normal. Yes. Like this is a, it makes sense that there are swings and like kudos to all of the people who have had these really big passions. Like it's what I think propels the energy forward, especially, and I'm going to speak to my own experience, but I also think this is kind of related to most of the people in our space. We learn about weight inclusive care, intuitive eating, non-dieting when we are bright-eyed, bushy-tailed students and interns. And we have all of the energy to not shut up about it because we want to just like tell the world. And I think there's so much value with that of like people getting so excited about this like new way of thinking. And so I hope, I hope that never goes away, but it is kind of this, like, uh, if you, if you go all in, like that's unsustainable, it makes sense that there's going to be a point where you're going to need a break, where you're going to want to change things up, where you are going to try to find novelty in another aspect of this work or another part of this work. Like in order to keep the passion, you are probably going to have to like constantly pivot and find new ways. It's definitely that new, new relationship energy, if you will. Um, And I know people find it in different points of their career too. Like I actually don't know. I think it's obviously more common now that students and interns are really getting exposed to this. But I think before, you know, a lot of mid-year people have been in the field for a while like are finding it and then it's almost like they get a little bit of that energy Mm -hmm. from it of like being a student of that being a student of learning about intuitive eating eating disorders and that there's a different way to approach food outside of low fat bullshit whatever yeah and I also just want to say if you're out there loving what you're doing and you've been doing it for 10 years and this doesn't apply to you like that's totally cool as well and like we need you. We need people doing this work and to make it sustainable and reigniting the passion. And you I hold so much with the consistency. Like you are like our steady rock. If you've been yes. doing this for 10 plus years and are still just like chugging along with the passion, we yes. love you for that. <laughs> yes. And I'm imagining there's been some of people's own evolution in that too, of like, maybe they have a deeper niche or maybe they started doing supervision in addition to the work and that's awesome. And that is a way to relate to the work and have a different view of it and a different reigniting of the passion. I I just keep wondering that three-year mark where people are kind of like, eh, what else? I, I think that's normal too. And I think we have to embrace it to help people not sell their soul. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm envisioning like thinking of us and our businesses at that three-year mark, that was around the time that you decided to hire, start hiring, build a team? I would say it around that three-year mark of learning. So if I started getting mm. exposed to it in 2016, I started hiring in 2019. Mm-hmm. And so I'd really only been a dietitian for a year. No, sorry. I'd only been in my own private practice for a year, but I was ready to take on this other responsibility. And when I say ready, I say that loosely as in I desired to, um, was I ready to be a supervisor? Mm, I don't know. Mm, arguable, but it is what it is. And then that kind of, yeah, that three-year mark of being in the work 
and understanding it, that's when I started to get an itch. And luckily I'm impulsive and I'm a scratcher. I'm a picker. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm the same way. That impulsivity yeah. gets me. Yeah. Um, Cause that was very similar for me too. So like I have been a dietitian since 2018 and I took the leap to start my own, like to work for myself full time the end of 2020. I had several career changes. I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also for thinking about that, like 2020, we're now in 2023 and I'm adding on new things to, I don't know if it would necessarily be like rediscover the passion, but I would say definitely a refocus on my personal why and the why of the business. It could almost also be like a redefining your work. Hmm. If you're redefining your passion, you're making it look different. And it just kind of speaks to our need for novelty, change, growth, break. So maybe it's still revolved around the same cause. And it just like is going to need to look different mm-hmm. to support you in a different way or to support the work in a different way, which is exactly what's happening for you right now. So tell us, mm-hmm. like, how has your businesses changed and in turn passions change? My business has changed because uh, I am just realizing that only doing one-on-one design work is not fully sustainable for me to continue to make the impact of supporting weight-inclusive business owners. I mean, recently, like losing contract work, which has allowed me to refocus Mm. on I would say refocus on my business, refocus on my word of the year, which is simplify. And I think by simplifying, that simplifying piece isn't necessarily simplifying to like one specific offering, but simplifying to only saying yes to people in our space. Oof. I like bringing in the word of the year mid-year again. Like nice little mid-year check-in. And so it is realizing that I have to financially support myself through this work if I'm going to continue to do this work. And how am I able to do that through different offerings? How am I able to meet people where they're at that either can't afford one-on-one work right now or... They're just starting their business. And I don't recommend you working with a brand and web designer in the first one to two years of your business anyway. And so how can I meet those people where they're at? Um, Especially because, as I just mentioned, those people in the first three years of their business are the ones that are like, in general, hyped about this work. So how can I, as a fellow hype girl, meet them? with the hype and give them something that is useful to market their practice and market their business. That's so brilliant. And it kind of comes back to, you've learned a lot through doing this work in the field and seeing what all the different needs are. Like we're always in a research phase, even when we're doing something. And so from your years of experience, you've seen a need for this and how it would benefit somebody who instead of taking somebody's money and a lot of it, because websites are a lot of money as they should be, they're a lot of work, branding, design, like all of that together is expensive. So it 
to be able to tell someone this doesn't make sense for you instead of just taking their money. I think that's awesome. And then having another place to point them to, it's like a win-win of they still get to access you, your work, something that makes sense for the stage they're in while also taking a step back from you being so involved in it. Yeah, it's definitely been, that's kind of been like the renewed sense of passion. Cause like, don't get me wrong. I love one-on-one work. I love being able to meet with someone consistently and really get their like essence and being able to create something that feels so uniquely them. But through all of that one-on-one work, like not to toot my horn, but I have kind of like mastered the ideal layout of a private practice website of knowing that the person on the other side of the screen is nervous, probably a little anxious, doesn't know what to expect. And so how can you lay out a website that can comfort them a little bit, not leave them like scrambling to find information, being really clear and concise about what the process looks like, them getting to know you. Like I have the perfect flow of a homepage for that. So. (laughs) Oh, I saw peachy keen. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of like the new passion of being like, okay, like this is the knowledge that I have. And I now have a way that I can share that with everyone else. Mm-hmm. In a different way, a reignited passion. Yeah, yeah. Of your why of wanting to make weight inclusive care more accessible. And your contribution to that is helping business mm-hmm. owners be visible online. And this yeah. is a way for more people to be able to do that with you. And I think this is like to kind of draw a parallel since I know like my situation's quite unique to like a handful of us that actually design websites to pull this into comparison of a private practice owner, it's very similar of like, I worked with so many different types of clients, so many different types of practices, solar practices, group practices, more general, more niche for a couple of years, similar to how a clinician would work with a bunch of different types of clients. And then they hit that point where they're like, huh, these are all the things that I've learned from working with these clients over the past few years. And I now really have this like honed skill of working with a specific audience or kind of having that secret sauce to not secret sauce because it's not so secret most likely, but that like- It's just sauce. where Just the sauce where like your experience, your personal relation to this work and your knowledge are all coming together into this trifecta where you are able to then say, okay, is this now a time that I can niche a little bit more because there's a really specific audience I want to work with? Or is this now an opportunity that I have something that could benefit more people who might not have the money to spend on one-on-one sessions right now, um, or could give them something that they could use in between sessions if they're doing like every other week or once a month or things like that. And so you can kind of expand that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that translates beautifully. How has your business changed? How have your passions changed? Oh my God. Well, it doesn't help to be a multi-passionate because- Ugh, Never helps. <laughs> then you're passionate about many things and then you need to reignite your passion about many things. <laughs> or you learn like things fizzle out too. And so my first passion was obviously weight-inclusive care and eating disorder care. And it still is. I love those causes. They're so important to me, personally, professionally, um, worldly. It's it's a huge, huge issue that's always going to be front of mind for me. How I relate to it and how it is in my day-to-day is a little bit different. And that's the biggest change, you know. Um, I built Nourished Colorado 
with that used to be nourished with only Hannah and just with of, me. Yeah. Just with me. Um, I, I could have just shut down my private practice, uh, I guess if I wasn't passionate about it and just focused on business coaching, consulting, all of that. Um, but at the same time, I I'm passionate about it from afar. I'm passionate about all the layers that nourished brings. And it used to, it used to just be as simple as I'm passionate about this cause. And now I'm passionate about like the cause, the people who get to treat the cause and work in the cause in the day to day. I'm passionate about being an entrepreneur and a founder and business and learning more about what that space means and being inspired by like, what else do I want to do in my career? Do I want to be a founder of another company one day? Um, that's not related to this space, but is related to another cause I care about. Like, it's just this layered target of the impact that is made, not only on the actual cause of where it started, but people and creating a positive work environment and being able to provide for my team and like work differently together. And then also the layer that it allowed for being a group practice coach and helping other people create these environments and these ecosystems of dietitians, therapists, nurse practitioners to work in and having passion there. And so I've really been more in the businessy workplace, employer, entrepreneur space, headspace, especially in the last year. Um, I've been coaching for almost three years now. And that's really what's driving my my day-to-day of like what I'm super excited about because I know the trickle-down effect. You know, we're not building plumbing businesses. P.S. Plumbing businesses are lucrative and um, very important. It's just not yep. my passion. Um, shout out to the plumber that needs to come fix my garbage disposal this week because I <laughs> don't want to electrocute myself. Very mad respect for that. But that's not my, I'm not passionate about that. And so I'm passionate about helping these, that trickle down effect of, mm-hmm. again, people continuing to get weight inclusive care, use their insurance, et cetera. Um, so my impact on that is the businessy part. And in, in sometimes like, you know, I'm doing one-on-one mostly a values driven group. And then we have weight inclusive innovators where we're doing the accountability club, which is where we all come together and co-work and we have group business coaching, which is super freaking fun. And I also am, I'm, my passion starting to pivot a little bit in a sense of like, oh, the one-on-one it's, it's cyclical of people, people do this and then they're going to finish because they don't need me as much and they can't, they get it, you know, and they're ready to go, or they just reduce their time with me that it's not so intensive. And I want to figure out how to serve more group practice owners without them paying a thousand dollars a month to meet with me. And, but that's what I, I need to sustain myself and to be able to give like my all to their business and help them basically build an, a group practice. Right. Um, that's what it, what it costs to hire me right now. But I also feel for people who are going from solo to group and maybe their solo is, they only have a handful of clients because they've known they want to build a group. Like it doesn't make sense for them to pay me that money, you know? So my passion is shifting and I'm starting to think about how can I serve more people, whether it's doing some group stuff, whether it's doing a course, which I've talked about creating a course for years, Mexico city, here I come to do my fucking course. 
And yeah, so my my passion really is on the forefront business and entrepreneurship and group practice right now, helping others build that too. Anyway, that was a long rant and I don't even know if I answered the question. No, I'm here for it. I, I mean, you did like how, how your business has changed, how your passions have changed. Um, and I think you, you know, we, we've touched on a couple of these as we've just talked about our experience, but there is an ebb and flow of the passion and sometimes the passion isn't as strong and there are things that you and I have done, not that this is an all encompassing list, but like things that you and I have done in order to reignite that passion or at least prevent us from going, prevent us from inching closer to burnout with Mm. it. I have a question for you. Oh yeah. What's up? What kills your passion? Like what happens to you that interferes or like outside of just doing it for a while, the natural human desire for things to change, like what crushes it to where you're like, what the fuck, what am I doing? Saying yes to too many things that aren't in alignment with my personal vision or my why. Oof. And I think it goes back to a time thing. I only have so much time and energy that I can dedicate towards this. And I want the limited amount of time and energy to be dedicated towards my passion. And so if I say yes to other things that aren't necessarily in alignment with it, and that pulls away time from Mm. what I actually want to do, I start to feel resentful. Oof. Resentment is the killer of all passion. Yeah. And all joy. Resentment is like the biggest, my biggest trigger thing that when I feel resentment, I turn into a fucking monster. Oh, I hate it. I I feel that too. And then I feel like it's like the resentment and the like, why am I even doing this? Does it, this, does this even matter? Like best friends. Oh, peanut butter, yeah, peanut butter. Wait, did you say peanut butter and jelly? Yes. <laughs> was that exactly what you were about to say? That's literally like <laughs> what I was starting to say as you were finishing saying it. Okay. Get out of my brain. It's because we're so, we're on we're on such the same wavelength, and we've both experienced it. Of, um, <clears throat> yeah, resentment and why does this even matter? And that is a shitty feeling. I hate it. Okay, I have a side question from the peanut butter and jelly. Are you a grape jelly gal, or are you strawberry jelly, or other? Oh, I am not particular on my jelly selection. I am a creamy peanut butter gal. Okay. That's also an important question. I'm a creamy strawberry gal. I will eat grape, but I'm not happy about it. I Are you are you a peanut butter on both sides gal? Oh, no. I'm a 40-60 peanut butter to jelly ratio. I like peanut butter. Uh-huh. Oh, same. I There can't be too much peanut butter on it. Yeah, because then it's just like a sticky glue mess in your mouth. I know we feel like, like, I feel like I look like a dog when I'm eating it. Like that has like peanut butter stuck to the roof of their mouth. Like- <laughs> okay. Anyway, the thing that kills my passion yeah. is not peanut butter. Peanut butter definitely feels it. It's um, when there's a ton of billing issues with insurance, mm. when I'm having scarcity mindset, when I'm caught up in my own shit and feeling like a victim that I put myself in that position. 
And when I'm spending too much time in meetings, I don't want to be in. Those, Those are all really great. Kill my passion. I want to take the scarcity one. Mm-hmm. I feel that too. That one definitely resonates with me as well of like, whenever I feel like I'm not being supported financially, and then it feels like I am not doing enough or not doing the right thing or anything like that. Like, oh, I hate that feeling. Yes. We tie those things together so much. And it's, it's true, right? Because the thing that gives us time and energy and supports our capacity is that we're financially well and okay. All right. Let's finish this episode with things that we have done that have helped us whenever we have lost our passion. Yes. Therapy. Lots of it. Lots and lots of therapy. How, how do those things relate for you? I think there, I mean, therapy just being the space that you pay for that's held for you, where you just get to lay it all out there and be like, I'm resentful. I'm thinking, why the fuck am I doing this? What's going on? And then to be able to get some feedback from somebody who knows you and some gentle suggestions. And I always see therapy as a tool to give me my power back and my voice and know that I have options of how I approach things. And so that's very important for me in reigniting my passion is like, I don't have to stay here. And so therapy feels like the place to go work on it intentionally. Mm. Love that. Mine is finding others who are passionate, who have the, are on the other side of the pendulum swing from me, who are like hyped about it, excited, ready to go. I know we mentioned that like workshops, conferences, love those in person though. I don't do well with virtual. Like I will go to virtual things, but the buzz and the energy of being around other people feels really helpful. I will say the only exception to that is the accountability club because everyone brings in their own passion into it. I love having new members join because they just bring so much excitement and like, let's get shit done energy. And I very much feed off of the energy of other people. So if I'm around other people that are also hyped about something, it usually gets me really hyped. And also finding people who have a different perspective from you can be helpful for reigniting passion. So I know for me right now, I'm, I'm into talking to other founders and entrepreneurs that aren't in our space and just, and taking things from other industries that I think we need in our space. And that's really reigniting passion for me of like, um, you know, I had a, a situation this week with work and I was talking to my partner about it, who works in startup tech. And he was just giving me some perspective and I was like, wow, it really is that simple. And that applies here. Like it's, that's so helpful. Um, and I also joined this, this membership, I think it's called like the grapevine community where founders get together and fundraise to support different causes they care about. So I'm, I'm doing some meetups in the next couple of months with people from that space to see like, what are other founders doing, saying, talking about, is that a Denver specific um, thing? No, it's all over. What? Yeah. It, it seems really cool. The, Wait, what is it called? It's, I think it's called Grapevine. Grapevine Founders. Let's see what Google says. Grapevine. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, my God. I'm totally looking this up. Yep. We'll put it in the show notes, too. Like we've talked about, we also have going back to your why and your original vision and mission. And maybe it's you just need a reminder and to read it. Maybe you need to write one. Maybe you need to revamp yours. But just like going back to why are you doing this? And does your why still resonate? Does your why need to shift? What's happening there? Do you need to lean more into your 
greater good why, or do you need to lean more into your personal why? Oh, I always go back to my why. It's so helpful. I have it written down. I have like my brand strategy and style guide and it's in there. And I always, I always go back and revisit it. Um, it's just like a gentle reminder. And then lastly is finding hobbies outside of work. This was something that I wish I would have done a little sooner. I still don't feel like I'm great at finding hobbies that aren't related to entrepreneurship, but I, my hobby is going to coffee shops and getting a nice latte. Yeah. And then usually running into people that also (laughs) it's, um, I just, I just can't shake it. I do love meeting with other people though. And that feels like a hobby, but yeah, I, I don't know if I'm the best at, at, at hobbies, but I'm a lot better at setting boundaries now than I was when I first started as a dietitian, where literally I woke up thinking about clients, went to work, me and my colleague would go for a walk along the bayou pretty much every day after work and just vent about work. And then I'd come home and make dinner and go to bed. And I was like, Mm. that was not great for me. They say one of the antithesis of burnout and losing your passion is joy and having fun Mm -hmm. and making sure that energy is matched. So it's, it is very important to have things that are unrelated that are regularly scheduled or used as a cutoff from work. Like I know for me, I was using climbing for a bit Yeah, um, of like, okay, go climbing at five. So that means like you're done working for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to find a new time to climb because 5 PM is very busy and I don't want to be around a bunch of people and overstimulated, Yeah, but you can do those kind of things of like, let me take my dog for a walk. Let me journal to end my day and like have little rituals and things like that also falls into the the concept of hobbies. So other things outside of entrepreneurship that bring you joy, even if they kind of tie in is important. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators pod. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast to add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review, share with a friend to help us reach more weight inclusive business owners, come to Mexico City in August and share with anybody who could use some more support and pep talks. We will see you next week. Bye.